We love our festivals, we love our parades, and we also recognize that we, today, while we were founded by the Dutch, we are very culturally diverse today, and so we like to celebrate those other cultures throughout the year. We have a Juneteenth festival, we have a Pride festival, we have a fiesta for our Latino population, we have a Celtic festival, then in the fall we have an international festival, just so that we want to make sure that we round it all up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois. We are continuing our series into the great city of Holland, Michigan. Now, when we think about Holland, we have this mental image of tulips. There's the big windmill. But Holland is so much more than just that. There are so many more festivals, activities, and sites that Holland has to offer throughout the entire year. Holland is also connected to a major cultural icon, which I definitely did not know about. To guide us on our exploration of Holland, I'm sitting today with Linda Hart, the Executive Director of the Holland Convention and Visitors Bureau, or the Holland CBB. Linda, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. Why don't you share with us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up? Sure. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So for all everybody in Michigan, I am a Buckeye, so don't boo-hiss me. I <laughs> we'll actually, keep the boo-hiss out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Actually, I came to Michigan. There's a dude ranch about an hour north of here called the Double J Ranch and Golf Resort. I've never heard of this. Yes, yes. And so it was an adult-only ranch that started in the 30s. And as all of these adults, they got married, they had kids, and then they ended up opening what they called the Back 40. And so it became a family ranch and golf resort, a little town called Rothbury, just again, about an hour north of here. Well, anyway, I went on vacation up there and I rode a horse and I was in the banking industry in Columbus and I rode a horse and I thought this is what I want to do with my life. And I went back to Columbus and I quit my job and I found a job mucking stalls in an equestrian facility. 11 years later. Sweet Moses. <laughs> I know. 11 <laughs> years later, I was the equestrian director at the, uh, at the ranch. Uh, I'll tell you one of the best jobs I've ever had. Wow. I'll admit, I've never heard that before. That's really great. Going from banking to mucking stalls. Right. Well, that's exactly right. Six figures to, you know, $3.15, which was probably what the minimum wage was at that point. Well, so, well, we were talking earlier that, you know, with 2008, what happened yeah. with the recession. And so I met my husband up there. And so he was, um, he was a HOPE graduate uh, here in Holland. And so we relocated to Holland, and that's how I ended up working here at the Visitors Bureau. So was that the first job you took when you came to the area? Actually, no. My husband and I bought into a restaurant called Boatworks Waterfront Restaurant. Ah. He was in food and beverage, so we bought half the restaurant, the operation side of it. We did that for six years. I had a really good appreciation of how hard it is to work in food and beverage. Sweet Moses, yes. Absolutely right. And after six years, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, you, you appreciate it, but it is super, super hard work. Yes. Um, and so then I did a very, very brief stint in real estate. So no judging. A very, very brief stint. I in, think everybody's in, done a stint in real estate. <laughs> real estate. And I, um, I was just looking for some additional work. And the Visitors Bureau offered me some part-time work, and three months later, I was I was full-time there. And so I did community outreach for nine years. No, actually, no, I'm so sorry, six years. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, the previous executive director retired, and um, so I stepped into the role as interim. So just for our audience, 
tell us a little bit about what the Convention and Visitors Bureau does. Sure. So the CVB, or the Convention and Visitors Bureau, we are mandated under a Michigan Public Act. It's actually Public Act Number 59, so it falls under the MEDC, which is the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, and which allows us as of CVB to collect an assessment through all of our lodging properties. So any any hotel or motel that has at least 10 rooms, transient rooms, collects 5%. For us, it's 5% and then passes that on to us. We use those dollars to market Holland as a destination. And what I'd like to do is kind of talk to you a little bit about just the city of Holland in general, maybe a little bit about the history and the drive towards tourism. Sure. So, you know, Holland as a destination, that's our role is to market Holland as a destination. And we're very unique because we're named Holland. We were founded by the Dutch. There's a lot of brand equity there. A lot of brand equity, you know, and we're fortunate because a lot of communities don't have that, really don't have that. So we are very, very fortunate. Holland was settled by the Dutch in 1847, a minister by the name of Van Ralty. He was excommunicated from the state church in the Netherlands. So he immigrated to the United States, landed in West Michigan. They were actually on their way to Wisconsin, landed in West Michigan, thought the area looked very much like it did in the Netherlands. Yes. It was wooded, there was water, and they decided to settle here. And ever since then, as the story goes, then that's where we still are today. Um, Hope College was founded by Van Ralty, was used to be called Pioneer Academy, Hope Academy, and then today Hope College, which was founded in 1851. That was, it was in a, you know, when, when Van Ralty came here, he had three initiatives to educate children, build a community of faith, and build a prosperous business community. And I'd say he did pretty well. I think so. I'd have to agree with that assessment, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and Holland's history, you know, if everybody remembers 1871, the Great Chicago Fire, yes. right? Holland burned on that same Sunday in October. 80% of Holland was burned in two hours. That's spooky. Yeah, right? Um, and there were three other fires in the region. Peshtigo, Wisconsin is the, um, that is the, if you ask Alexa or if you ask your smart speaker to say what is the greatest American fire in history, she's going to say it's in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. 2,500 people perished. Over a million acres were charred. Manistee, wow. Michigan burned on the same day in addition to Holland. So, you know, that's kind of part of our, that's, that's part of our history. But what's really cool is that our museum, they do historical walking tours. And one of the walking tours that they do is a path of the fire. This building burned. This building survived. This is what happened. This is what happened. And if you go into the museum, there's a lot of furniture, artifacts that the Dutch, they buried them in the sand in order because the fire was moving so quickly. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, it, it's those kinds of events and stories that our office gets to share with visitors because they'll come into our office and they'll be like, what is there to do? It's like, what are you interested? You want to go to the beach? You want to learn something Dutch? You want to learn history? You want to go shopping? You want to go dining? So it's so that's kind of everything that our community has. We grasp that so that we can turn around and share those stories when people come in. So as somebody who is fanatical about stories, I have to give you credit because a lot of the times when I'm out there talking with people. They only want to focus on the good. Oh, sure. Right? They only want to focus on, oh, everybody's happy and all the mm -hmm. smiles. So the fact that you're actually making it a point to include the fact that, yeah, Holland burned. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and just the, the fact that I'm trying to fathom these people saying, quick, b- bury the furniture right. in the sand so it doesn't, you know, rather than throw it on like a, the back of a carriage and try to drive it out with horses, maybe they couldn't do that. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because we, our office, our docents for the cruise ship industry, we have cruise ships that come right. into the Great Lakes. Uh, they used to dock in Holland. At this point in time, they don't. We're hoping to get them back. But so we pick up the passengers because they dock in Muskegon, and then we bring them down. And, you know, as a, as a tourist office, it's always, we can always talk about wooden shoes and windmills, you know, right. the Dutch part of it. But a lot of, a lot of folks, that, when they come in, they want to know why our community is as good as it is. What services do we have? How do we treat the homeless? How do we treat the mentally ill? How, what do we do with how is, how is our energy preserved? We have an anaerobic digester. You know, I mean, if you ever come into our town and you see that big giant ball over there, people are like, what is that? That's the kind of information that you, we also want to be able to share because at the end of the day, Cliff, you might say, I want to relocate to Holland, Michigan. I'm thinking about it. Because <laughs> of what this community has to offer. So it's kind of fun. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And one of the things that that comes to mind, of course, with this is, and I talked a little bit about this with Matt Helmus, is with the community growing and everything that's going on here, a little bit about the sustainability of getting, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? I can talk to a little bit about it. You know, we, we are always, as a, re- I mean, I'm a citizen, I'm a resident here. And so we took advantage of our Board of Public Works to be able to come into our own home and give us an assessment on how, how energy efficient our home is. And so, you know, that, that's just one example that the city partnering with our Board of Public Works has programs in place to help citizens become more sustainable. We talked about snowmelt. We talked about I don't know if you talked about snowmelt, but we yes. can talk about snowmelt and, and what an amazing, <laughs> really, and you know, it's a closed loop system before the water used to pour into Lake Makatawa. It's a closed loop system. We talked about the anaerobic digester, what's doing that, Hope College and the sustainability efforts that they have. We even talk about our tree canopy and inventorying our historic, our heritage trees, you know, old, old trees and how to preserve those, both on our public and in our private spaces. And with that, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to explore more of these amazing festivals that are going on, a little something for everyone. We're also going to learn more about how Holland is connected to a major cultural and American icon and what they are doing to celebrate that connection. We will see you after the break. If you are enjoying this episode, well then, let me tell you, there's plenty more interesting stories to come. Michigan is full of people doing extraordinary things, and you can get these great stories sent directly to your inbox. Just go to totalmichigan.com join, enter your email address, and join our community. When you do, we will also send you our top five interviews, the powerful lessons we've learned from these people, an invitation to our Facebook group, behind the scenes stories and pictures, as well as advance notice of upcoming guests and events. Just go to totalmichigan.com slash join. It's fast, it's free, and it's easy. Sign up today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, we are continuing to explore one of the top destinations in the great state of Michigan. That would be Holland. Helping us with that monumental task is Linda Hart, the executive director of the Holland CVB. Now, before the break, we spent a little bit of time talking about Holland's history, both the good and the bad. 
and we hinted at one of Holland's biggest festivals. That would be tulip time. And I do want to talk a bit more about that. But I also know that Holland has so much more to offer besides tulip time. So, Linda, if you would, please talk to us a little bit more about tulip time. And that's, then let's move on to some of the other great festivals and events that Holland has to offer. Sure. So you probably heard the story of tulip time with Lida Rogers. And, you know, we, be, we will celebrate 93 years of the festival this year, 5 million tulips. You know, it's interesting because we're known as the city of tulips. People associate Holland, Michigan with tulips. Oh, I've heard of Michigan. They have a big tulip festival. Well, little known fact is that before we were known for the city of tulips, we were known as the city of churches. Oh, wow. So we had, pre-tulip time, 170 churches representing <laughs> 49 denominations, 170 churches. We're not a very large community. I mean, the city of Holland, 35, 34,000 residents, greater Holland area, 111, 112,000, so 170 churches. And I mean, that's today. I mean, right. think about that today, you know, not back in the turn of the century, the 1900s. Today we have, I think, 140 churches representing maybe one number. less denomination, only two Catholic churches that we have in our community, which is interesting, but celebrating the festival. We love our festivals. We love our parades. And we also recognize that we today, while we were founded by the Dutch, we are very culturally diverse today. And so we like to celebrate those other cultures throughout the year. We have a Juneteenth festival. We have a Pride festival. We have a fiesta for our Latino population. We have a Celtic festival. Just to take a step back, before before we hit the record button, you were saying that the Latino population, the 30%? Yes. 30% of our population is Latino. It's the largest growing population that we have in our community. So it's very, very cool. And while I won't say this is a, we have a very large senior population, right? So our heated streets and sidewalks, we, ha we get a lot of snowbirds. We'll have dual residences, and because downtown is so walkable, and if you ever walk downtown, you will see a lot of housing that's dedicated to 55 and over, which just, you know, which makes it, um, I guess, you're, you, can, you can almost meet anybody downtown, really, at the end, at any given day, because of how culturally diverse we are. So, yes, so Celtic Festival, and then in the fall, we have an international festival, just so that we want to make sure that we round it all up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back and let's let's talk a little bit about some of these festivals you mentioned before about a Celtic festival. Yeah, so that was a new festival that we started last year. Or well, that the Celtic uh, the group of guys they just um, they're like, nope, we need to have our own festival, and they got Guinness as a sponsor nice. as their only sponsor. They have what's called a Kaylee the night before on a Friday night, so it's a big dance party. Well, you know, it's a live music and over 21 type of activity. Certainly. And then uh, the next day are all Highland Games. So if you can think of a Highland Game, they're doing it. So, I mean, if you think, okay, let me ask you a question. What would you think of as a Highland Game? Uh, Throwing the big stumps. Yes. Tossing the big rocks. Yeah, feats of strength. Feats of strength, right? Yes. And this is what these guys do. And they get clans from all over the region who will come to Holland and participate. <laughs> and then they've got all the dancers, the cloggers, and then the vendors. It's really an immersive experience to, to participate in these kind of festivals because you're, you're really seeing how it's you know, education, it's entertainment, and it's, it's more of awareness. And this is the culture of, of 
that particular community, which is kind of cool. So when you're talking about the Celtic Irish Festival, when does that take place? So the Celtic Irish Festival is in June. It's June 23 and 24 this year. So it's always a Friday, Saturday. But it is in June. It is in June. It is in June, as well as our Pride Festival and our Juneteenth Festival. Fiesta is in July, and then the International Festival is in October. So we kind of round out, you know, all these festivals from May through October. With a nice international one. What's a Fiesta Festival like? It's... Well, oh gosh, the Fiesta is, it's kind of migrated over the course of the last decade or so. It also used to include a film festival, like an independent Latino film festival, but a lot of dancing, a lot of live music, a lot of Mexican, good Mexican food. Oh my God, I miss good Mexican food. Right, they're going to (laughs) throw in a car show because you can't have a, you know, you can't really have a fiesta unless you're going to have a really souped up car show, which is, which is also very cool. And that's, that, that festival takes place in downtown as well. So we are anchored on the West end of downtown by our Holland Civic Center, uh, which is a great facility, 55,000 square feet. So some of the festival components are inside on the stage in the atrium, which is the opening area. And then also outside with some of the car show components. So it's I'll tell you, the food alone is reason to go. Yes, and I would agree with that. Like I said, I've been missing good Mexican food. Tell us about the International Festival. What's that like? So the International Festival is a festival put on by the city of Holland. So that is, out of all the festivals, that is, the city owns that festival. And that, again, is at the is at the Civic Center, but it's celebrating all cultures. So you've got you've got the Latino, you've got the Caucasian, you have the American Black, you have the African, you know, you have the Celtic, you have the Irish. So it's and and that festival and a lot of components with that are a lot of presentations and demonstrations and dancing on the stage. In addition to more food. Because that's what we like to do. <laughs> Apparently, Hollanders love to eat because there's just and and so you're getting a chance to taste what what comes out of all these different regions of the world, but that live here in Holland, Michigan. There's a little there's a passport the kids can do, and they can go oh, through to all the different countries and experience it. That's kind of fun. I mean, it's just again, it's just showing the community pride. Uh, for for everybody here and celebrating that, bringing awareness to everybody in our community. I'm liking this theme of the fact that you celebrate and you say, we're Dutch, but you're also coming out and saying, but you know what, we're also Latino. We are also Celtic. We are Correct. also. Correct. That's exactly right, which is super important for us because, again, when that visitor comes in and thinks that we're all wearing Dutch costumes or Dutch attire and wearing clomp and wooden shoes and our downtown should look like the Netherlands does. That's a good founding for us, but we're really who we are today. You know, and, and interesting fact is that when the when the Dutch settled, it, they weren't really necessarily interested in all the architecture looking like that step and gable, right? Mm-hmm. See, it wasn't really until the 1920s that developers and builders started putting a nod to that style. So some of our newer buildings that you see downtown, the Makatawa Bank or the Courtyard by Marriott, you see that step and gable style, which just are just nods to the Dutch heritage throughout our community and, of course, Hope College. I was pleasantly surprised in some of my research here, and you actually mentioned it in some correspondence that you and I had. The Wizard of Oz exhibit, 
That caught my attention. Talk to us about that. Well, I would never realize in a million years that there are so many folks, probably my age and probably your age, that have very, very fond memories of The Wizard of Oz. Indeed. So Frank Baum, he's the author of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. He vacationed here in Holland on Lake Michigan, Lake Makatawa, uh, which is a more of a private cottage area just west of downtown, so still part of the greater Holland area. And he had a cottage. It was called The Sign of the Goose. So um, his very first selling successful book, he used the proceeds and um, built a house, built a, well, built a cottage on Lake Michigan called The Sign of the Goose. And it is said by his great-great-grandson that while vacationing here during the summer months, a lot of his inspiration came from just vacationing here. So there was a lot of yellow brick. It was called the Wiesenklausen brick. That it's of yellow brick that was, you know, was the pavers for the streets and the sidewalks. And and obviously it was the yellow brick road, right? There right. was a little girl that lived two doors down, I believe. Her name was Dorothy. You know? And so there's a, <laughs> there's a picture that, you know, that, I mean, you can look at anywhere on, uh, if you just Google it, uh, of bomb with a little girl with a little monkey on her shoulder. Those, uh, oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. Kind of, right? And so we just wanted to pay homage to that, recognizing that there were ties to bomb and that extremely classic, classic story here in Holland. And we don't claim that he wrote the story here. We don't claim that he wrote the whole book here because we know that there was a lot of inspiration in his life. If anybody does the research, we're just saying, hey, a little bit of part of him and a part of his life and his history was here in Holland and we wanted to celebrate it. So we decided that it was a collaboration with our office, the city of Holland, the library and a organization called Holland in Bloom and to bring seven bronze sculptures, uh, life-size bronze sculptures to Holland and what the Holland in Bloom piece brought to the project was a book. It's called A Living Mosaic, uh, which is a book. So it's a 10 foot by 12 foot book. Think topiary, but instead of a topiary being a live, right, a live tree that they, or a shrub that they, they trim to make a shape. Right. This is a steel frame and it's got growing fabric with a soil medium in it. And then 6,000 plants are put in this book and then plants that grow together like creeping plants and the book is open and it has the image of, it's got the yellow brick road it says the wonderful wizard of oz and it's got the castle all made out of plants front and back all made out of plants so there's two parts of the exhibit again kitty corner from each other across the street from the city hall where we are right now in a park called centennial park so the book is in Centennial Park. It's a seasonal book, right? It's got annuals. It's got living plants on it. So it comes back into the city greenhouses. At the end of the season, all the plants come out. New plants are put in. The book grows again and comes out. The statues, because the, the, the statues are located at the library, which again, kitty corner, along a yellow brick road. But because the project was so successful and so popular, we did some fundraising for the project. Yes. Uh, the... We wanted to, we did some fundraising, thought we will sell engraved bricks. Okay, let's sell engraved bricks. We were hoping that maybe we could fundraise maybe $20,000. If we were lucky, maybe $50,000. I mean, this is a big, big project as far as financial cost to it. We raised a little under of a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I you love know, that. and it, the, the amount of support and love that people had 
for this story and wanted to be a piece of it. I mean, there were marriage proposals, um, you know, engraved oh, in these books. There were saying, I mean, it was it was amazing. And then people were like, "Well, can I buy a statue?" And I'm like, "Statues are really expensive," <laughs> you know. And we had we ended up putting benches all throughout the exhibit, you know, that people ended up sponsoring and funding. And so, it, I mean, it was it was an amazing project. And if any, if there's when you come to Holland in the summer, if you loved that story, or if you were scared of the monkeys, or you cried when. Dorothy was kidnapped by the witch. If, if there's any emotion that stirs in that, you've got to see this exhibit. And what's super, uh, super cool about this is that this story is now lending itself for everybody like us who love the story to tell our grandkids, you know, that, that story. So the, the story is getting a resurgence of popularity because of this exhibit that happened to go in. I bet you, too, that from, you know, from a, a generational standpoint being able to share this movie this classic with the younger generation be able to say oh by the way the author he actually lived here that's exactly the inspiration right. is here mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. wonderful yes yes i mean it is it's it's a cool story <laughs> it really is <laughs> i know that's why i wanted to explore it <laughs> Linda, this this is one of those interviews I could sit here all day and just pepper you with questions, and I'm loving it. So this just means we're going to have to come back. For our audience, if anybody wants to connect with what's going on in Holland, realizing that there's more than just the Tulip Festival, there's all these other festivals going on, especially if you want to get your Celtic on, uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Certainly visit our website at holland.org. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram or even Pinterest at Discover Holland. Wonderful. Linda, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. And for our audience, you can go to TotalMichigan.com, click on Linda's interview, and see all the links that she mentioned above. While you're there, make sure to sign up for our free email newsletter. Also, take some time to listen to the other two interviews that we have done from Holland, Michigan. That would be with Mayor Nathan Box, as well as Matt Helmus, who is the director of the Windmill Island Gardens. We'll see you again next week with another great story. See you then.